Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How's the bacon, did you say? That's it, Oh, what a fantastic hit! Roy Keane on Holland. Here's Sancho. Hello and welcome to the Prime Sandwich Podcast. I am Nathan Cupid and as per usual joined by Jimmy Jackson and Dylan McKenzie. Hello. Hello. And this week's episode we are joined by Celtic fan and football coach Scott Hardy. Welcome to the Sandwich Sun. Thanks very much. Good to see you lads. Yeah, thanks for coming on mate. Welcome. Got a friend of Jamie so thank, uh, thank Jamie for coming on. Thanks Jamie. Up. Thanks Jamie for <laughs> We're scraping the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, man. Nah, it's good. Uh, starting to broaden our horizons with different clubs now. So, um, maybe a bit bad time to talk about Celtic, but we'll move on to that. Uh, we'll talk a bit first about um, yourself, coaching, uh, how you got into it, and what you do at the minute. Yeah, um, I, I was kind of like, I think I played similar to a couple of you lads. I played a bit of amateur football. I, was, I wasn't overly great, but um, I played a bit of amateur football and I, I started a team in, in Annan called Annan Town. And uh, I think they're still going now. And uh, from there, I kind of I kind of just thought I maybe would get into a bit of football coaching. So I went back to college as a student when I was 31. And um, from there, I, I kind of studied a couple of years and then I course which was HNC sports coaching HND sports coaching and uh, got a bit of experience doing like coaching in schools and clubs and communities and um, they also gave us like a, a college coordinator position to run the college football program so I, was, I started to realize I wasn't overly bad at it like I was all right at it so um, I ended up going to some semi-professional teams just in the south of Scotland league and um, that's how I kind of got into coaching and then I found myself, I, I, just now I find myself in a, a kind of te- a teaching job as a lecturer up at the, the college as well. So I, I, I kind of teach a lot of sports coaching units up there. So um, I it's it's been enjoyable and that's kind of where I'm, I'm at at the moment. Nice, oh, nice. That's fun. So is that like uh, adult coaching or is it younger teams at the minute or do you want to go into adult coaching? Or? I'm, in, I'm in adult coaching. Um, you know, yeah. When I was at the college, where they sent us out to do kind of stuff that was aligned with the college, it was in schools, it was younger kids a lot of the time. But um, as uh, as I kind of went through the two years at the college, I just started to get asked to go and coach some football teams. And um, I've coached two or three just now, but I, they're predominantly all adult teams that I coach. Because um, you want to be around adult football and you want to turn up on the Saturday and get involved with competitive games and being amongst it. It's not, obviously, it's just a semi-professional level at best, but still enjoyable. Yeah, yeah totally, totally agree with that, yeah. How far do you want to go with it? Do you want to manage Celtic one day? Or do you want to, do you want to be a coach? <laughs> just on football manager, mate. Nah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, honestly like I you know I had like uh, I had kind of aspirations to get as far as I could with it, and I still want to get quite far with it. But um, I've got in a position now where I've, I've got I've, I've ended up in a good, good, well-paid job, um, yeah. or as 
you know, I've, I've got things no one ever had, like, you know, I, I can afford full shopping, you know what I mean? I can go to Tesco's every now and then, I used to, you know what I mean? I used to, <laughs> like, I could actually get a few things in there now, but like, I was, you know, when you're a student, as you, as you, some of you probably know, it's just difficult, you know, I'm in a position now where I'm enjoying the job, and um, I've uh, maybe stumbled into it, and I'm, and I'm enjoying it, and I, I, I'd like to get into coaching and go quite far at some point, but, uh I'll, I'll see when that'll be. At the moment, I'm taking a wee break from it, to be honest. Yeah. All right, okay. I was going to say, what's like, what's happening with the COVID and stuff at that level? Are you still in the round it, or is it stopped? Uh, what, uh, obviously, it stopped like everybody, everywhere else. It kind of stopped. It's going to shut down. But I was taking a little bit of a break away from it anyway. I was kind of just wanting a little bit of time to myself. I wanted just to focus on the job a little bit. But because where I live as well, I live in Annan, and uh, in Dumfries and Galloway, like just near to you guys, and there's not a lot of good coaching opportunities. Like, see, if you want to go far in coaching, you have to move to yeah. the central belt. You have to like be prepared to go and move somewhere and see when you get a job and you kind of get settled. That kind of changes that a bit. I'd still like to see if I could maybe push my way into it at some point. But as I just said, you've got to be prepared to move. You've got to be prepared to leave your where you live and you've got to be prepared to maybe cut down the job that you're doing. And yeah. that's a big thing to give up just now. But, I, you know, I think I'll probably will do that at some point, but it's, the timing of that is probably not just now. Yeah. Well, if you like Sunday league football, the Apple Tree FC could always do with a few tips. I've heard of that team before. I think I've yeah. played. I think I've played. played yeah. once. How you doing? I don't think it was under my name, but... <laughs> <laughs> We're doing all right yeah. now. Me and Nerf are still involved. Well, I'll manage it. Nerf's. Ah, nice. Yeah, cool. Uh, Central midfield general. Is Jamie, um, you not playing anymore, well, Jamie? I take it you've just stopped. No, no. I, I, I haven't played football for quite a while now. Um, just, uh, just predominantly BJJ, nothing else. <laughs> Good man. Yeah. I will. You'll maybe get back to it at some point. Yeah. Right. So, with that, we'll move on to Celtic Met. Um, so, like most guests, your first memory of supporting Celtic? Uh, it's probably 1988-89. Uh, the first memory was when we won the Scottish Cup and the, the league double in our centenary year. It was a 100-year anniversary in 1988. I always remember watching that final in the living room. My dad was watching it. Um, we won 2-1, we beat Dundee United. I remember Kevin Gallagher. Remember he played in Blackburn Rovers and yeah, yeah. in England for a spell. He scored that game for Dundee United and, and Celtic ended up going on to win 2-1. Um, and then the year after, we played Rangers and beat them in the final 1-0 in the Scottish Cup final, Joe Miller. And that was like the two the two Scottish Cup games I can remember as my first memory as a Celtic fan. Yeah. Memories to kick, kick, kick off with. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I've still got the top as well. I've got the 1988 top. Um, not, not obviously the one I had when I was young, but like I, re, I reordered it, I reordered it, and I've got the, I've got the 1988 top as, uh, and I, I just like to keep it because uh, the kind of good memories, like. Oh, definitely keep your tops. Yeah. Oh man! Uh, first match you went to watch? Uh, Celtic v Montrose in 1992, I think it was, and uh, we won 6-0. Jerry Craney and uh, Tommy <laughs> Coyne. Got hat tricks. They both got hat tricks. The we Are you allowed to swear on this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was just about to say we were we were we were shit back in that day. Like you know, 1992, Celtic were scraping the barrel. Like we had Keith Gillespie and 
Ken ended up signing people like uh, Tony Cascarino and stuff like that at the end of their careers who were terrible. But anyway, <laughs> Jerry, it was Jerry Craney got three and Tony, uh, Tommy Coyne got three. And uh, certainly Clark was a lot different then, obviously, as you can imagine. It was just it's a bit of a shithole. But um, it's changed now. It's, it looks a lot better now. But aye, that was my first, that was my first game. Yeah. Nice. We've had some bad ones, haven't we? Not like, well, draws and losses, but 6-0 wins, not a bad first game. Well, it was Montrose in the Scottish <laughs> Cup. It's like, I think that, like, I think they were second division or first. I don't. They're not even. They don't even exist anymore. I don't think. But they were like second or first division at the time. I think so. <laughs> uh, what we got next? Um, favorite ever player. Ah, do you know? I was. I thought. I was thinking about this a lot uh, before I came on because it's like a really popular question, isn't it? Like. Uh, I'm going to stick to like I'm going to stick to Paul McStay because I thought about Henrik Larsson because like I think people my age in their 30s would come on and say Henrik Larsson because uh, obviously he is what he is, isn't he? He was like he was God. It's Celtic, but like uh, Paul McStay, man. When I was growing up, he was Mister Celtic. He was like the the guy that Jamie knows me quite well, so Jamie knows I like black boots. I like the shirt tucked in. I like a professional. <laughs> like I like a I like a professional player and stuff. And like and see Paul McStay, he was. And he was just that type of player. He, he, he certainly in his heart, 100%. He stayed his whole career. He didn't move anywhere. He was the captain as well. He stayed with us in the 90s when I said they were pretty shit in the early 90s. He stayed with us and kind of just got the club through it. Um, he probably deserved a lot more than he got in the end. But like he was the guy I had in my wall. Uh, and he's the guy I've got in the back of my 1988 top, the Celtic top, Paul McStay. is just... And I like the fact that he's humble as well. He, like he's not—he's not a guy like he wasn't. Wasn't he? He didn't care about the, like the media and all that. He doesn't care about being noticed. He's in Australia now. He lives in Australia. He's, you hardly hear about him, and I kind of like that. He just kind of—he's done what he's done, and he loved—he loved the club, and he doesn't care about like, uh, being noticed and stuff. I, I, I like—I like players like that. Is he, a, is he a forward? Like people like me, I wouldn't have a clue who he was. Oh, he was—he was a central midfielder. And, he was a central midfielder. He was a playmaker. He, he was always on the ball. He always played with a head up. He was he was quite a creative player as well. He scored a few good goals. But he always, honestly, see when you tell players as a coach, you always tell players to play with a head up. Like, I wish you could get more videos of Paul McStay because these days you'd probably tell folk to look at Xavi and Iniesta and all that. Like, I would tell them to look at Paul McStay. <laughs> they would probably look at me. They would probably look at me like, no, I'll give that a bit, Scotty. But like, uh, like he was, he played with a head up. And honestly, if you get a chance, like go and have see videos and and what he was and stuff, he was he was unbelievable. Honestly, he was brilliant. Ah, uh, nice, like that, like a an old favourite player that no one, no one really yeah. knows. Yeah. Um. So. Favourite of a goal? Celtic goal? Uh, again, that's tough. But, uh, John Hartson against Liverpool in the UEFA Cup quarter-final 2003 away at Anfield. It was I sunk to my knees, man. I still, I still watch it now and I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I still watch it now. and Because uh, I remember the first leg, I don't know if you, you probably won't remember it, but we played them in the quarter-final of the UEFA Cup in 2003 and the first leg was at Anfield and it was 1-1 and Liverpool played quite well. like They were pretty decent. They, probably the second half, they might have thought they could have probably won it. Heskey... Michael Owen, Stephen Gerrard, Dietmar Hamann, players like that were you know, a good, decent team. Celtic went to 
Anfield in the second leg and nobody thought they were going to win it and they didn't just win it like they, they dominated they won 2-0 they're a real good team at the time and honestly when that second goal went in from John Hartson the Celtic fans all around Anfield just jumping up in the, the in the, all the parts of Anfield's different stands and stuff and yeah. it was honestly I remember sinking to my knees just thinking as a Scottish team you've went to Anfield one of the biggest places you can go in England and yeah, you've won and you've not only won Ken, you've, you've won and you've deserved it, like, and you've dominated it. it was, that's the goal that I would always say. He, he was massively underrated as a footballer, John Hansen. It's probably because of his size, I think, and uh, his fitness, wasn't it? But, ah, he was, he was a great finisher. Like, he nearly signed for Rangers before we got him. Um, but they, they turned him down because he had a problem with his knee. I remember hearing that, yeah. Um, Right, so we'll uh, stop the joy and all the good feelings. And worst moment as a fan. Did I say this season? <laughs> nah. <laughs> you can if you want, because it's pretty bad. Huh? Nah. Dad, in all seriousness, I wouldn't say this season because like we've had nine years of success and it was always got to end. It's, it's been it's been awful this year. But I think there's a few reasons for it, but it's it's still been brutal. But the worst time was probably the best time as well because we got to that final we got to in 2003. We played Porto and uh, we got beat off Jose Mourinho's Porto. They went on and won the they went on and won the Champions League the year after. They were a real good team. Yeah. And uh, they beat us 3-2 after extra time in the final. Uh, that was, that hurt. Uh, I've, I've got the, the DVD, which is about getting to the road to Seville, it's called. The, got to the year, that was the year they got to the final. And uh, I, I watch it all the way up to the final. I can't watch the final. <laughs> I actually can't watch it. Uh, but that was a that was tough to take, like. I, I they cheated as well. They cheated a wee bit as well. They, so like, they did. I remember, I remember watching that game. I was like 14 and that was peak Mourinho playing the disconnected time for Porto like, ah, all the time. It's disgusting. The, Vitter, the goalkeeper, Vitter Bayer, just like diving and trying to get more time on the deck so that his team got, you know, just stopped the momentum of Celtic's attacks and stuff. And oh. just the referee, the referee bought it as well. He was really young. I can't remember his name, but he was a really young ref and he just bought everything. And uh, I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's hard. I don't like talking about it. <laughs> right, we'll move on then. <laughs> Best moment as a fan. Oh, um, getting, getting there, probably. Getting there that, that year was probably one of the best moments. That was unbelievable, getting to the final of the UEFA Cup. Um, people would probably say, like, winning nine in a row this year. That's, I don't know, like, for some reason, that's just not as important to me as, like, the European games. Because that's that's when you know that you're playing against the best there, like, the, the kind of good level opposition. I think nine you know, in a row would have been more meaningful, not, not meaningful, but, like, if Rangers didn't happen to Rangers... And you won nine while they were still good. Yeah, I know you won you nine mean, with like Aberdeen finishing second. It's not. Yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, I suppose it's not our fault that they they've obviously got oh, liquidated. No, no. But like at the same time, you're right because there was no, there wasn't any competition really. Like we we're going to win the league when they were out of it, and it pro- as I say, 
it doesn't really it's it will stand in the history books as a good achievement again and it should be because you've got to, got to win you've got to win what you've got to win but it isn't anywhere near like the 1967 team and and even Rangers when they won nine in a row the first time in the 90s and 80s and the 90s and stuff that was a better that was a better achievement really yeah fair enough so um, we've, the, we've gone through those questions fast but a uh, bit more detail on this one um, what you think about the club's current situation so squad manager well who should be the next manager okay. uh, Rangers etc oh, it's been a horrible year uh, do you know what we, we've still got I still think that we have we, um, I know it's going to sound daft, but I still think on paper Celtic have got the better individuals in the squad. Like they've got a better setup than Rangers. They've got a better financial structure than Rangers. We're in, we're in a better condition than Rangers. But that doesn't mean anything if you can't get the players to play in the pitch. And this year, I think they've just all turned up. And like Neil Lennon turned up after lockdown, and he didn't look. I thought he looked a bit. I think he looked himself. He put on a bit of weight. He'd, um, he just looked like he was lacking a little bit of what he usually has. He's got quite a bit of fire and a wee bit of fight about him and I thought he was lacking a little bit of that. So I don't know what's happened over the lockdown period. I think the players have came back and some of them wanted to leave. They've not, they never got, a, they never got their opportunity to leave. So they've ended up staying and they've probably, they've not, I wouldn't say they've done tools, but they've maybe just played within them. Well, in fact, I'm talking, non, I'm talking nonsense. They have done tools a bit because they've, they've not been playing the full potential. So I think, Aye, it's been a difficult year. Like the Rangers have been phenomenal with their form. To be fair, like I mean, look at their form. They've not lost a game. They've, their European form's brilliant, but yeah. um, they've not been tested. Eh? If you're a good team, you need tested. You need you need that time in the season where you get beat off Celtic or your biggest rivals just remind you that you're in there and you're you're, you're right behind them within two or three points. That never happened to Celtic. They were always like three games behind Rangers and like nine points or ten points behind, and Rangers were kind of cruising. And they've just kept cruising, but Celtic have just—they've blown it on every level. Like even you know all the stuff that they did, you probably heard in the news. You know they went to Dubai in January when everybody yeah. else was at home and struggling and on lockdown, and they were ended up—they ended up going to Dubai, came back. They had all the they had eleven to twelve players out. I think in the next two games we dropped points in those two games, and we've just we've threw that we've threw it. The Rangers deserve it, but we've also we've threw it away. Next, your next managerial appointment's massive. Yeah. Because Lennon, I thought at the time, was a bit of like a, a lazy appointment, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like, especially after the progress Brendan Rodgers have made, there needs yeah. to be a bit more bold in the appointment there. Is there anyone, is anyone you want to be manager? Like, I think you're, uh, yeah, I think Jamie's right with it. Brendan Rodgers came with a philosophy and stuff and he changed the structure and the setup and uh, he had like a certain way he wanted to play like Lennon I'm I'm not going to like I don't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like you wouldn't know what goes in the training pitch I'm not I'm not saying that Lennon doesn't do a great job I can imagine the players love Neil Lennon like honestly I, I can but I just don't think he's the kind of guy that is as tactically astute he doesn't make good decisions during games with his changes he tweaks the formations a lot. This year it's happened all the time. I think that's maybe because the players have maybe wanted to move or the players have been unhappy or the players have just not had the right attitude. So he's probably had to tweak it more or do things he would maybe normally not have to do. So there's probably reasons that he that we don't know about as well. But I totally agree with Jamie that it was, a, it was lazy. They should have like been looking to get somebody who was 
kind of in the same level or just similar to Brendan Rogers type of appointment yeah. but like, Lennon was cheaper as well so mm-hmm. sounds a bit like Celtic at the moment as far as a new manager would go I like Eddie I do like Eddie Hull like uh, every time he speaks I like I think he knows a lot about the game like I, I would like Eddie Hull to come up but I think maybe he wants to stay in England preferably um, but also um, there's another two like is it Maresca that works at Man City he's currently the elite level coach there below Mm. Yeah, Guardiola, he's responsible for doing all the development teams and doing all the philosophy for those teams. And I think he sounds like somebody that could be good as well. The, fav- um, the favourite's John Kennedy in the betting. There's no way he's getting it. Um, and it's <laughs> then it's Roy Keane. I don't think that'll happen. Do you know what? I would, I would, uh, I was my third choice. I would take him. But like as a third, and I know Celtic, some Celtic fans don't want that. But honestly, man, I. It would be great just to watch his interviews every Friday, like just. To... <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got my favourite time is just to support us, Keen and And then you've got. Then you've got the two you mentioned at six to one each. You got Eddie Howe and Maresca, and then after them are the two unemployed boys, McInnes, who's just left Aberdeen, and Paul Lambert. But you do not want them, surely. I don't know who makes those betting odds, like because <laughs> McInnes, McInnes is an ex Rangers player as well. And that's never happened in the history of Celtic. Um, an ex-Rangers uh, player like that has ever came in and managed the team. And uh, Paul Lambert's has got more chance of getting Anne in town than Celtic. He's lost. So I mean, he's been sacked or been he's left so many jobs now, hasn't he? Yeah, Lambert. He's such a player tagging it. Yeah, I think the top needs. It's, it's upstairs as well in the boardroom as well, isn't it? There's a lot going on upstairs as well. Like yeah. all clubs need to restructure. So you two guys are Sunderland as well. So I mean, what did you I mean? What did you think of Keane when he was there, Jamie? You liked him, yeah? I loved him. Absolutely. Uh, um, I, I loved him towards the end, like, but yeah, I I loved him. Um, but I loved him because of my age. <laughs> he was the manager when I got my first season ticket. Yeah. So like I. Like everyone in Sunderland's like Peter Reid. I didn't go to them games. I was too young. Yeah. So like when I first started going, it was Roy Keane. That's why I absolutely adore him. Um, I just don't think could do it in a Premier League transfer window. Uh, he still went for like, in our second season, he kept us up, but then we still went for like championship level based players. Yeah. The, the high profile names we did get, I think maybe his championship tactics couldn't work with them because I think the championship players not feared him but were like wow that's Roy Keane we'll do what he says yeah whereas when we got people on like 40 grand a week they were a bit more so I'd be I would worry I would worry if it was that Celtic as well I would worry if like the bigger players you're like Edward and that would they be like I'm not oh, taking I, I, that, I'm not, I I'm think not taking that shit I think yeah, I like it, that it could I'll always love him, but it, it, you, have, you always have that thing as well where he went to Ipswich and did absolutely now and then hasn't really had a job since, apart from being assistant manager at places. You'd like to hope that he's maybe just uh, matured a wee bit in that way, do you know what I mean as well? But you're, you're yeah. right, like, it, it is a risk. I went on a few Celtic podcasts and like, I've spoken to a few of my mates and they, they think he's entertaining, but like wanting him as a manager at Celtic, they probably would say not really, but I, I, I think Honestly, I think if he got the right assistant manager with him and maybe put a director of football in or something and 
help him out with the scouting and the transfer system. Honestly, I think he's got so much to offer, like because he comes yeah, from like the, old, the older, the older school type of yeah way yeah. of like you know kind of. Well, he likes working with Martin O'Neill, doesn't he? So would you not think they'd do like a swap? Roy Keane going as manager, O'Neill coming as manager. You know, the dinosaur. Oh, I would love that. I would love that, like, yeah. I would love that. <laughs> yeah. oh, the club needs don't, someone. You like should, that, don't though. mention that to me. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. The first time you right. smiled for 15 minutes, that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, what, what you <laughs> the media would love Keane versus Gerard. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so, so would so would that. Like, see, imagine Roy Keane coming out at Ibrox. And uh, like getting all the abuse as you get there and stuff, and just Roy Keane just strutting about in the dugout, man. I just, I want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> um, do you think you win the league next season, or do you think it's too much at the minute? Do you think there's too much needs changed, or the full league? Bounce, sorry, I think. Do you think you can bounce? Do you think you can bounce back and win the league? Or all oh, right, oh, yeah. I think there's too much to do. Nah, too of quick. course, they, of course, they, of course, they can. Rangers. Uh, Rangers aren't that. I mean, probably get slated for this, but Rangers aren't that good. Like they're a, they're an organised. I know it sounds like a Celtic fan saying that, but they're organised. They're, they're really well coached, but they're not. They're not a team that, like, I look at and, and think, Jesus man, we're never going to catch them. We're never going to beat them. Nah, I mean, we dominated them in the, the game in January. Ibrox, we battered them. We just couldn't score. Like, we, but we that showed you that we've still got the players there to do it. We just need somebody to come in that it gets the gets the players playing again and gets a few new signings in and just gets a bit of energy back in the team. That's all. That's all we need. And we're still in a we're still in a good place financially. Still in, um, still got a good structure behind the club and stuff. Rangers have got better. They were always going to get better. But I'm not. I look at their team and I look at the individuals and I think they're playing at their peak just now. Eh? That won't happen again for Rangers. Yeah. The players that they've got, they've not got anybody. Like even when you look at Alfredo Morelos. He's not that great. He's a unit. He's physical. He's all. He, he, you know what I mean. He's, he's at his. He's at his best. He's going to be. He's not someone like Edward that Celtic who can go on and play for a. You know, one of the biggest I, teams I think, in England. I think he's shy. Who's that? Alfredo. I uh, I think he's absolute shit. Like he's naturally not, he's, as a footballer, he's garbage. He's not scored against Celtic either, and, and, and you know I'm I'm not don't, I'm not saying that I that makes or breaks a player, but do you know what I mean? He, I'm certainly not afraid of him, like, I'm, and I'm not afraid of Ryan Kent. He's decent. Um, you know, there's players in the Rangers team that are playing pretty well, but they don't frighten us, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they could. I think their biggest struggle is it might not happen next season, but inevitably when Gerard leaves. Yeah, because I didn't like Steven Gerrard as a player, but I think as a manager, he's a breath of fresh air. I know you won't like saying it, but nah, he's, he's done. He's, he's done, done well. well. He's done well for them. He definitely has done well. The European form, especially, like even since he first came in a few years ago, has been brilliant. And I think they've got a really good assistant manager in as well. That I don't think he gets enough. I can't remember his name, but he's rated really highly. And they've got Gary McAllister still there as well. So I think, I think he's got like a good team in there. And that's something Celtic didn't have this season. And that that told Celtic's coaches one, they didn't work together clearly. But Rangers have got. I agree with you. They, they deserve a bit of credit there. Well, we're getting one nil, getting beat one nil as we speak. Are we? <laughs> yeah, nil down after twelve minutes. Told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, lads. We'll have a quiz before we go on to Scott's one to eleven. Um, right. So I've made two quizzes. I'm going to give Scott the choice. Um, so last week Jay did Derby's top ten Premier League scorers. Right. 
this week, I've used the top 10 again, but I've gone for either Celtic's biggest sales or biggest buys. All right. Okay. You, you can choose which one which one you want to do. So I can choose the sales or the buys? Yeah. So biggest sales for Celtic or biggest buys for Celtic? Uh, let's go for... Let's go for the buys. Biggest buys. Right. No worries. Um, right. Okay, then. You got a pen and paper? Yes. Right. So, all I want, lads, don't, don't have to be in order. Don't have to be, like, first, second, third. Just the top who you think are the top 10 players that Celtic have bought in their history. Like, most expensive? Yeah, yeah. Most expensive, yeah. And they don't need to be in order. No, no, just oh, that's that'd be too hard. Yeah, just just top ten. Um, just while I'm doing that, I thought it was quite uh, funny. Biggest sales. Southampton have four of the top ten biggest <laughs> buys off Celtic. Yeah, hi, yeah. Armstrong, Forster, Wanyama, and Van Dijk. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be hard, this. Yeah, I'm struggling <laughs> already. I'm, I'm struggling as well. Um, While the lads do that, I will usually oh, yeah. plug the social media. So if you want to follow us on Twitter, it is at Prom Podcast, two capital P's, uh, in collaboration with the Retro FM Retro Gamer. And if you follow us on Instagram for photos of the likes of Football Manager and just daily content, it is prawn underscore sandwich, all lowercase. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, T7 Clothing, which is returning soon with his summer, summer clothing. Just keep an eye out for that. And the Pottery Pub in Carlisle, which opens on May 17th. This is so hard, eh? Yeah, I'm struggling. <laughs> Mate, you made us do Derby County Premier League scorers, so you deserve this. <laughs> I'm so pleased I didn't get that one. <laughs> yeah. Mate, I got three. <laughs> My camera would just have went off at some point. <laughs> oh, shit, man. This is... Uh... I feel for you guys, because even I'm starting to struggle a bit, so... How many are we on, lads? Seven... Okay. <laughs> um, I don't think Celtic have spent a lot of money either. That's the thing. So, uh, just the top of your clue, but no, they haven't. <laughs> um, oh man, this is this is so tough. <laughs> Just to add the pressure to Scott, uh, we've only had two guests win a quiz ever. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So Matt last week, Derby County. Who was the other one? Steve. Steve. Oh, Steve T7. Yes, of course. I've got, I've got my 10. You got 10? Yeah. Some of them I've just got. Surnames, I can't remember. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, man. How many are we on, Scott and Nerf? I've got seven. 
I've got my 10. 10. Oh, pressure, Scott. Uh, Hazel actually be right, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Exactly. Right, I'm going to put the pressure on. You've got 30 seconds. That's all right. Okay. God, we've signed some terrible players. Like, yeah. Tell you what, none, none of the sales are the buys. So I'll just go through the sales as a fun fact. Um, number one, Kieran Tierney to Arsenal, 24.3 mil. Yeah. Uh, Moussa Dembele to Leon, uh, 19.8. Virgil van Dijk to Southampton, 14.3 million. Wanyama, 13.5. Fraser Forster, 11.25. Shout out to Sun Legend Ada McGeady to Moscow for 10.8 mil. Yeah. Uh, Frimpong, didn't know that the left was it the left back to buy Yeah, he's just left. Just left. Uh, probably my favourite Celtic player if I had to pick one uh, Petrov to Villa for 9 mil he was uh, good this one took us by surprise Mark Viduka to Leeds 8.24 mil yeah and see I never, I never put any of those in my buys I none, of them were, none of them matched up I was quite surprised at that and Stuart Armstrong to Southampton 7.16 mil I like him so have we all got 10 yeah I'll tally it down as you tell us them. So, Jamie, if you want to go first, we'll let Scott go last. Yeah. Um, right. So, Edward. Okay. Um, John Hartson. Okay. Chris Sutton. Okay. Scott Sinclair. Okay. Um, Henry Clarsen. Okay. Arthur Boruch. Yeah. Um, Lee Naylor. Yeah. Um, Alan Stubbs was a total guess. <laughs> yeah. It's good effort. Um, the uh, Israeli lads, the Sydney Ham, is it? Who was that? Niham, is it? His name? For, for oh. the, the guy that plays, the guy that plays now. Aye. Oh, did play El Hamid? No, not him. I've maybe just made up his name. <laughs> And was it the the Scandinavian lad, Asia or something? AG, AJER. I made them up oh, as well. The one who's always oh, unbelievable on Footy Manager. Aya, yeah. Crystal Fire. AJER. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you want to know how many you've got to work until the end? Uh, tell us how many I've got. Right, Jamie Jackson scores three out of ten. Oh. I thought that was a good effort, though, honestly. Oh, Dave, do you want to go with yours? Go on, then. Um, yeah. I'm going with Hudson Edward. Yeah. Paul Lambert. Yeah. Scott Sinclair. Yeah. Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Chris Sutton. Yeah. Arthur Boruch. Yeah. Henry Clarkson. Yeah. Julian. Yeah. Uh, Nia Bitton. Yeah. And Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. Good effort. So if Scott scores three, we're going to a tiebreaker because they've got three and all. 
I've got uh, right odds on Edward. Yeah. Chris Sutton. Yeah. John Hartson. Yeah. Neil Lennon. Yeah. Christopher Julien. Yeah. Um, I also put Ayo Berkovic, which is a long shot. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel he's sinking for a bit. Scott Sinclair. Yeah. Um, how many is that? Six? Seven? Uh, that's seven you've given us. Thomas Gravison I put in as well. I don't, don't know if he was that much, so, but I put him in, so that's eight. Um, also put in Barkas, who's a keeper we signed recently for five million. Like, don't know why, but he's in there. <laughs> and I also put in... Um, John Venegor of Hesselink. Oh, no. Oh, that's a blast from the past, that name. Wow. Yeah. So, Scott texts it. Okay. You actually got the top six. Uh, six out of ten. Class. I'm happy with that. Good effort, man. Oh, I'll go through them, lads. Uh, top is Edward from PSG, 9.27 mil. Yeah. Second is Chris Sutton from Chelsea, 8.55 mil. Uh, third, Harton from Coventry, 8.1 mil. Number four was Al Berkovich from West Ham for 7.92. Yeah, he was expensive, aye. Uh, fifth, Neil Lennon from Leicester. Six million. That was a great show. Six was Christoph Julien from Tanals, 7.2 mil. Uh, and then none of the ones you none of you's got. Uh, number seven, Jozo Seminovic. Seminovic from Zagreb. All right, Jeez, oh. Number eight, uh, I think, who was manager in 99, 2000? John Barnes. Definitely played footy manager because he signed a Brazilian kid from Gremio called Rafael. Oh, Rafael. Oh, Rafael. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, man, how did I not get that? 6.48 yeah. mil. Oh, man. Uh, number nine, sure. took me by surprise, uh, Scott Brown from Hibs for 5.9 million. And 10 was another one I've never heard of, was in the same season. Uh, Joe's Valagrin, I want to say. Useful Harden. That's the one from Roda FC for 5.13 million. Good question. So, fair play, Scott. <laughs> Six out of three. Guest text another quiz. <laughs> Cheers. Um, and last but not least, we will move on to your one to eleven of Celtic player favorite Celtic players. Your time supporting. So we like to say, uh, guests, it's not who he thinks is the best; it's who his favorites are. So don't get arsy if you think there's players better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want um, any. What formation you going with, mate? I just want to say I don't want any like inboxes of anybody like just <laughs> threatening me. Like, I, I, do you know what? I'm going to go with four four two. I don't like. I'm not don't like that formation overlay, but I, because I can play two up front, and I think with this selection, I need two up front. So uh, four four two is up if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. mate. So we're starting goals. Arthur Boric. Nice. Nice. I liked him. Any reason why or? You can, you can go on a bit of data about him. He hated Rangers. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and he showed he it. the one that was in the fans? Yeah. yeah. And he, he, it. he had a flag uh, of the he had a flag of the the Pope as well, and he rolled it around Ibrox, and he, that you could probably imagine what that's like at Ibrox. <laughs> uh, um, uh, he, was, he was 
he was mental, but he loved, <laughs> he loved the club as well. But he was he was brilliant. I don't remember he saved the penalty against Man United in the Champions League. Yeah. Lisa has penalty in that. Like, he, was, he was class. Like On his day, he was brilliant. Um, but he was one of the players as well that came across and was pretty... We only stayed, I wouldn't say he stayed overly long, maybe four years or something before he started kind of regressing a bit. But he he got he kind of just got it, like he got what Celtic was. Yeah. So him, definitely. All right, right off. Uh, right back. Jackie McNamara. What? He was one of my favourite players in the 90s. Uh, we right back that signed from, I think we signed him from, we signed him from Dunfermline actually, or Hibs. Could have been done firm and was pretty cheap, but he, he stayed at the club for a long time. He played in the Europa, the UEFA Cup final as well. He came off the bench, but he was he was quick. He had a good cross. He was tidy, and he ended up playing across the back three as well. When Martin O'Neill came in, he played a three, and Martin Amara could come in at right centre half or left centre half. He was pretty intelligent. One of those players that maybe never got the credit for like being as good in different positions. Yeah. Oh, nice. <coughs> um, so, yeah, we'll go just across the back four. So, you said right. So, the two centre-halves in that four, would, uh, Virgil van Dijk and Bobo Baldi would be the two centre-halves. Obviously, van Dijk, probably don't need to say anything about him. He's just, he's a machine-like, powerful. No, you, can, he was... you, you can tell Nath if you want, because he doesn't write him. <laughs> Dijk, man. Really? Jeez, oh. Oh, you knew straight away. I mean, it's different when, he's, when you're at Celtic and you play well. <coughs> You kind of wait till they play in Europe or against Rangers or against teams that you think, right, he's been tested now properly because we, we all know that like, we, we're no good. I mean, we play against Ross County and St. Mon and St. Johnston and teams like that. It's maybe not the best opposition at times, like, but he switched off a lot. Like He, he, wasn't, he didn't focus 100% all the time. We had another guy that played for Sunderland as well eventually, and he played beside him at the time called Denier, Jason Denier. And I thought he was better than Van Dyke at the time. Agreed. Just the way, just the way he defended, I thought he was like fucking rugged and just he was reliable. Van Dyke used to switch off a little bit, but um, you just knew that Van Dyke was a machine and an animal, and he would probably go on to good things. And I'm choosing him because of what he's became as well. Because look at, I mean, look at him, man. He's he's yeah. probably the best defender in the world just now, like centre half, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I remember you saying at the time that Denier was better because that, that, that was when we were working together. And uh, I think Van Dyke had just got his move to Southampton because I was asking about him because Sunderland were linked with Van Dyke at the time. Yeah, Denier was Denier was pretty good. Like for Celtic, he looked he looked really reliable. You could bet your money on him every week that he was an eight out of ten. Like you know, I mean, Van Dyke would be like a ten, and then like, he'd be a six. And you'd be like, what's going on? What's going on with this guy? He just seems to switch off every now and then. But even you knew he was more talented. But but yeah, but I've got Bobo Baldi in beside him as well, who's a completely different kettle of fish. He was he was just an absolute brute, an animal, but um he had no technical ability whatsoever. But he, <laughs> but he would honestly tackle a horse, he'd win every header, like he'd throw his body on the line. Like players <laughs> players hated him because he was just at their heels um, he was one of those players that like you just yeah ended up loving because he was just he was just a bit absolute bit animal bit cult hero style yeah everybody loved him because of that but he, honestly he played some great games in Europe and and against Rangers as well like and he played he signed for Martin O'Neill's team and he played in a European final so the guy must have done something right but it was nothing to do with the fact he could pass a ball because he couldn't it was more to do with the, 
It was more to do with the fact he was great in the tackle. We had pace. He was athletic. He won everything in the air. And he just, he was a horrible man in general. Like, yeah. Uh, spot on. So, left back. Kieran Tierney. It's got to be Kieran Tierney. He's just, he's brilliant. He's, a, he's, he's just, he's got a lot of energy on the left. He wins the tackles. He's strong. He defends his box well. Gets forward. He puts a good ball in. He's just, he's just like a really good accomplished left back. Still pissed off he left, to be honest. <laughs> but like, I, I think he's quality. Like, yeah, absolutely he's, he's quality. Yeah, um, him or Robertson, at the Euros at left back. Oh, I know you're not. I know you have to. Yeah, it's left back. If, if it's left back, it's got to be Kieran Tierney because he's a better defender and he's stronger and he and he's better in his own box. If it's somebody that you want flying forward and um, maybe with a bit more energy, it's Andy Robertson. But Scotland don't fly forward. They can they they kind of sit in and they and they kind of take a bit of pressure against a lot of teams. So you've got to play Kieran Tierney. I'd play Robertson higher up, which I think they started doing a little bit at the end up. But uh, yeah, Tierney left back definitely. Yeah, spot on. Uh, we'll cross to right wing. Brother McNamara. Uh, Shinzuki Nakamura. Yeah, I think one of you guys mentioned him in the previous yeah. thing. Really, Nakamura yeah. uh, just for real. His, Sorry. Unbelievable player. Yeah, he was he was brilliant. Great feet, technical ability, like put a great cross in, brilliant set piece taker as well. Like just uh, he didn't give the ball away. He's one of those players that didn't give the ball away. I like I like players like that. I think you don't speak about them enough, but he never gave the ball away. In fact, I've got four right across that midfield that don't give the ball away. So <laughs> Na- Nakamura is on the right, definitely. He's got that highlight free kick and all, hasn't he? That everyone knows. <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah, definitely. A golden era for Japanese midfielders when have you ever seen the video where he puts a free kick in uh, well he kicks he was in the he's in the street and the bus is going by and the, the wee the like service bus is going by and they're waiting and then the bus comes by and he kicks the free he kicks the ball towards the bus and lands it in the top of the bus. You know see, I know he lands it in the bus window actually. Uh, have a look at it on YouTube. It's is he one Not of them that he played for like to like a ridiculous age? Still playing, yeah. Ah, he's, he's still playing. Still, play, still playing. Forty-two now for yeah, the journey. Yokohama FC. <laughs> on the DVDs with Celtic, the, all the players always say after the games, like they go home and they go and have a pint or something. And Nakamura was always going up to the gym, getting on the treadmill or something. They'll be just just different different type of human being. Our quality. Our quality yeah. yeah. So centre midfield. Uh, Paul McStay and Paul Lambert so obviously I spoke to you about McStay at the start so I probably don't need to rattle yeah. on about him again but he's, he was obviously definitely in there Maybe a captain McStay is definitely the captain every day of the week without a shadow of a doubt um, <laughs> sorry yes but on there Lambert yeah, yeah Paul Lambert uh, he's we. I don't in my in my kind of lifetime I don't remember Celtic signing a player that's just won the Champions League because obviously you're in Scotland and you know, you don't get that opportunity. But Paul Lambert, we signed him after he won the Champions League for Dortmund, and uh, he was he was class. Like he just another one that read the game well. I think him and McStay and the two in the centre midfield. Like I mean, imagine Paul McStay, the playmaker, reading the game, and then Paul Lambert, obviously, just can reading the game where he is as well. And he was he was brilliant on the ball. Didn't take any chances on the ball, and uh, he just kind of played the percentage pass 
if he was in trouble, he would get out of trouble just by playing the percentage pass and being good with his movement. And I think there's not a lot of Scottish players that I remember that ever did that as well as him. I actually, uh, I saw um, after the Sunderland game versus Portsmouth was on the other day, right after it on Sky, had a classic old firm game. And Paul Lambert scores an absolute rocket from about 30. Yeah. Years. It's the, the new year, the new year game. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, it was an unbelievable goal. Yeah, it was 1998, the new year game, the two 0 game. With yeah. the half volley outside the box, just on the half volley, and it swerves into the back, the top right corner. Yeah, I love that. Ah man, don't get me going. <laughs> I love that. I love that goal. Yeah. And um, on the on the left side is. Uh, Hopefully you've heard of him, but maybe you haven't. But Lubomir Moravchik, like, oh, yeah. like, this guy is the best best technical player I've ever seen at Celtic in my lifetime. And he's you he, he, he talk about Henrik Larson and stuff like that, but Moravchik, guy could have played anywhere, anytime. I don't know how he slipped through the net. Like, one of those players in the old days that slipped through the net and should have been playing at the best team in the best league and everything, but we've managed to get him and he was unbelievable, like two-footed, brilliant crosser, brilliant crosser, great with the ball at his feet. He, he would smash a goal in for 30 yards just like it was a, the most natural thing to do in the world. He struck the ball really well as well. Do you know players like hit, like actually tick the ball really well? And you can just tell that they strike the ball properly. Like you remember David Beckham, players like that in time, like Moravchik was one of them. He yeah. just knew where, he knew where to strike the ball. It was, it was unbelievable, like... Was he Slovakian or Slovenian? Yeah, he was a, he was Slovakian. The guy that we had manager at the time was uh, Joseph Venglos. He just recently passed away. Like uh, he knew of Moravchik. If we didn't get Venglos in as manager, we wouldn't have got Moravchik. But he he was absolutely. I mean, he was probably the best technical player I've ever seen in my life at Celtic. He was he was unbelievable. Great show. I like that front two. Oh, Henrik Larsson and Chris Sutton has to be Henrik. And that's why I played the 4-4-2 because I needed them two up front and to get the other players in as well. But aye, Henrik. Oh, it's hard to speak about Henrik, man, because I'd love him so much and I don't want to be here till midnight talking about him. But like, <laughs> like, honestly, man, I just uh, I speak about him with my mates and stuff now. And uh, see when see the type of player that you know when your teams are getting beat. And you're thinking it's the job's fucked. We just, we're just not got a score. Like it, the game's over. Like Henrik would come up with something, and it would be in. It, he'd put it in with his ass, his knee. <laughs> he'd just like he'd maneuver. He'd maneuver his body. He'd find space. Like that. I, I, I don't understand how he did it, but like thank you, whatever it is. Like I mean, because honestly, he was he was just like unbelievable. Uh, he just found a way. He found a way, and. Some of the goals he scored were brilliant. Some of the goals he scored were just like we kind of scrappy goals. But even the scrappy ones, you were just thinking, you're unbelievable. Like, how did you manage to get your foot wrapped around that? Or how did you manage to... Like, I, I still look at his goals now and I'm like, man, that guy's just... He wasn't real. I mean, he scored a ridiculous amount of goals. He was loyal. Man United wanted him. He, teams came in for him. He, he said, no, I'm staying at Celtic. My family have settled. He was just... Uh, I feel bad choosing Paul McStay over him, like, but uh, <laughs> I still like. I still think he's just. I, I probably I can't even put it into words how much I love Henrik Larson. 
that's all. Got, that's all. And that's all I'm going to say before. I don't want to keep going on about it. But Chris Sutton as well. It, yeah. Henry Clarkson's loyalty is something to be overlooked. Like he, he could have, he could have moved anywhere in that time. The seven, seven or eight years that he did. Fair player. I mean, the, the game against Arsenal, where Barcelona played them in the Champions League as well, you think about how he came on and impacted that game and he changed the game and won the Champions League with Barcelona that year and stuff like He's just, he's absolutely unbelievable. He's, um, I, I'm going to stop talking about him. But, Chris Sutton as well. But yeah, Chris, I mean, he was a perfect partner for Henrik Larsson. Henrik Larsson still says now that Chris Sutton's the best player that he played with in the up front, like in the in the four four two formation, he says Chris Sutton's the best guy I played with up front because he was just he was a target man. He do you know the thing about Chris Sutton? Like he was like probably the best player, like best forward I've seen at Celtic that is that can play as well with his back to goal. Like has his back to goal and the ball stuck stuck to him all the time. Like he'd win it on the chest, he'd win it on the knee, trap it with his foot. He just had that body strength where he could hold a player off. And Jesus, he was powerful in the air as well. Like, I mean, he was just brilliant in the air. And he was perfect for Henrik. Eh? Like, Martin O'Neill deserved yeah. so much credit for getting Sutton in because, like, he was absolutely perfect for, for Henrik mm-hmm. Larson, just with the little knockdowns and, and the opposite to what Henrik was. Do you know? He'd done well to, because when he, when he moved to Celtic, he just had that horrific season at Chelsea where he'd scored one goal in 30 odd games. The, uh, yeah. Totally resurrected his career by moving to Celtic. Nathan's yeah. a massive fan of Chris Sutton. He, he loved him. I absolutely love Chris Sutton. That is the best. That is a dream strike partnership for me right there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. It was brilliant. Like, he probably would have got more praise if Henrik wasn't there. But Henrik, because obviously Henrik took the limelight, didn't he? But I, Henrik wouldn't have got as many goals and wouldn't have been as effective. Um, he would still have been effective, but he wouldn't have been as effective without Chris Sutton. Definitely I agree. Fair enough. Um, and then last but not least, who's your gaffer, mate? Oh, geez, I didn't, uh, didn't think about that one. Martin O'Neill. <coughs> Martin O'Neill has to be Martin O'Neill. <laughs> yeah. Has to be. Just because he came, he came in and he just transformed the whole feeling around the club. He was, I loved him as well, just the way he spoke in the media. He was, he had a bit of kind of. He was charismatic, wasn't he? You could like listen to him and like, well, I could listen to him and hours would go by and I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind. He was just that yeah. type of guy that... When, when, he came manage, when he came in to manage Sunderland, he didn't have John Robertson and, and yeah. it was evident, it was totally evident like after about six months when the initial buzzard wore off that not John Robertson there as his like, number two. He just wasn't the same. Just wasn't the same. He was at Celtic and Aston Villa. Yeah, he's had Steve Walford and John Robertson in most jobs. And it, as you said there, he didn't have them at Sunderland and he didn't have them at like Nottingham Forest and stuff as well when he went there recently. Um, so, and it's never went as well for him. I think I don't think he's a guy that coaches a lot either. I think he, he's kind of the impact man management type of manager. Right. Come yeah. on, assuming that he wasn't there much. Yeah. Agree with well, no, fair enough. That's a 4 4 2, good, good team. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me on. It's good to good to meet you, and thanks a lot for listening to my nonsense about Celtic. Yeah, I know he's met. Hopefully, soon you get a manager in. 
um, yeah. and then see what happens next year in the SPL. See if they can kick back on. Yeah, super. Well, well, back on anytime. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, I've enjoyed right. it. Thank you. So Thanks. we'll let you get away and thank you for listening. Brilliant. Take care. All the best. See you, bye bye. That was Sound. that was not hardy then. Yeah, sound that. Technical issues at the start. Sorry about that, boys. <laughs> Technical issues are still going. Like YouTube nah, viewers, frozen. I haven't like I haven't just I'm not sitting there happy as out of my timer. My camera's gone, so. <laughs> 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 well, at least no. it's recorded. At least it's recorded, though. We can still have the audio. Yeah. So. That was Scott Hardy for the listeners. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, it's different to talk about a different league and a different team. Yeah. Again, um, like we say, anyone who wants to come on, just get in touch with us on Instagram, Twitter, open to all teams, doesn't matter who it is. Now We've got, we've had a good little run of guests now. Um, yeah, every, every other week for the past few weeks, we've had a guest on. Um, and yeah, we're just open to hearing about any club. So don't, if, if you, it doesn't even have to be a massive club, just any club, yeah. get yourself on and we'll have a chat. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. right. Cheers, boys. All right. Till next time. Till next time. Enough to make your heart grow sad God bless them We don't care if we win